you hear me? Hello? Hey, what's up? Hi. Uh, sorry about being such a dodo brain about the times. I don't know what <laughs> I was thinking. Like, it's not like I don't do this all the time, but for some crazy reason, I just left our 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 last discussion on email, thinking yes. it was at five. And I don't, and and I, that's because I was just distracted. But in the uh, days and hours since, you think I would have figured that one out? <laughs> you know, I wasn't sure. And anytime, listen, whenever you do a podcast, like, um, you know, you talk to people, and and listen, you're, you're doing me a favor talking to me because you know, like I'm such a big fan and, and I love your music. So to me, I'm always mindful of that. So whatever it was, it doesn't matter to me. So thank you so much for the time. You're the big lead singer of a rock band. I'm just the guitar player. Yeah, nah, yeah, nah, I, uh, you know, it's only because I, I don't know how to play the guitar that well. So therefore I have to at least write the songs. I always tell people if if I didn't write the songs in my band, I would have gotten kicked out a long time ago because I'm definitely the least talented in there. <laughs> I would. I'm not very good at playing guitar too, but I don't think I'd get kicked out because uh, I put in like ten times the effort of all those assholes. Yeah, I'd still be there, but they'd always be talking more shit behind my back about my lack of rhythm. <laughs> Your lack of rhythm. Actually, my, the bass player. Shout out to Dave, who's also a huge Sam I Am fan. Uh, he always makes fun of like my uh, my timing. He is just he tells me I have the worst metronome. <laughs> so well, that's the thing. That's the thing. Um, I, I, like like uh, if you write the songs, then whatever the kind of weird rhythm is your own like kind of rhythm, so you can play it. So it's good to play with guys that are better than you because then they look like assholes a little bit when they're trying to figure out your crazy rhythm. And then you don't have to show how bad you would be if you were playing their their own like sort of rhythm. So it works out for us. It's so true. Uh, and also like, um, I remember trying to like learn stuff like, you know, when I was younger, like you'd buy guitar world and you're like, oh, I want to learn how to play. I don't know, fucking a nine inch nail song or something. And I, it never appealed to me. Like I would always like, you know, uh, try to learn, especially growing up with the hair bands. That's kind of like what I remember growing up, you know, it's like, Oh, I want to play faster pussycat or some shit like that. And I, I, I would always like give up and I'm like, I'm just going to write my own songs because it just, it, it's like when you write, like, you know, when I write, it's just like, I could play it myself. And, and it's like, I know the, like the little nuances. So from that moment on, I'm like, I'm not going to learn any of these songs. I'm just going to write my own songs. Oh, well, that, that's funny because that's kind of like I learned like still even like in like my 50s, I still learn songs all the time. Mm. Uh, and all through like being in Sam I Am and, and other bands, like I, you know, spent a lot of time learning other people's songs. And um, people like the first other guitar player, Sam I Am, did, never did that. Uh, Blair from like Knapsack and stuff never did that. And not to sound like an asshole, but I probably will. It's like, I feel like I write like a diverse kind of uh, music. And uh, and Sean, the, the other guitar player, Sam Man, for the last 20 something years, he knows how to play like every song there is pretty much. Um, he writes very diverse, whereas like, yeah, like Blair and, and James was the first guitar player, Sam Man, uh, They Their songs, and I'm not bagging on them, but their songs sound very similar and their rhythm's always the same. And Garrett also, that, uh, that has been in, they always start with the same rhythm. Like, so like, you know, like uh, James is a downstroke, uh, downstroke picker pretty much only. He's not really good at up and down. Yeah. Uh, and, and so his rhythm is always 
odd uh, because he doesn't count like one and two and three and four. He's just like one and two and three. And it's like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine, three, 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 eight. You know, so it's just like kind of random because there's no downbeat and upbeat. It's all just downbeats. It's all down. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 And all this, but but because he didn't learn other people's songs, and like all the guys that didn't learn songs, their core their core choices are always really really similar, uh, and the rhythms are always really similar. And yeah, like not like I'm some great songwriter or anything, but I feel like like in the context of like the stupid shit I do. It sort of has a little bit, a little wider, like some, this song sounds like Build the Spill. This song sounds like the Beatles. This song sounds like, you know, more punk, like Bad Range or something. And it's a little bit more diverse. No, Should we start the podcast before it's already, we already started? We already started. Oh, okay. Yeah, we already started. It doesn't like, you know, it's we're, we're just, um, I had like questions and stuff like that, but this is so far way more interesting. Um, okay. So uh, I was always like the only guitar player in the band for a while. Um, so somebody who's playing I really enjoyed was Matt Skiba from Alkaline Trio because he plays some really, um, I, I just feel like he moves his fingers a lot. So then like growing up, like that's kind of what I was doing because I was the only one. So I'm like, I have to play rhythm and some type of lead, you know? Um, so I, I always liked that, 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 uh, that style of playing. And then as, as time went on, I just thought it was a disservice and only have one guitar player in the band. So I was mm -hmm. like, I'm just going to concentrate on writing songs. And then from there, I got to get someone who's fucking way better than me to like do all the fancy shit. All right. Did you, um, yeah. the important thing is what you do though. The important thing is the chords of a song and how would they relate to the vocals? Right. So if you get a guy like sort of like what I do, jump in there, do all the doodads and the counter melody. And so that's all, uh fine and dandy but like you're you're you like you wrote the song like it doesn't matter what people put on top of it like the basic chords and your vocal melody is the shit so you should uh you should i don't want you to get a big swollen head or a big ego but you should be like a little bit less uh i'm already fat it's too late <laughs> well <laughs> i'm already you, you know what? Already you fat. look very long island to me like you you look like Jay's brother from Iron Sheik or something. Oh, that's brother. funny shit. You know, you know, uh, yeah. Shout out to Jay. Uh, so, man, that's funny because uh, he's like a year younger than I am. I remember playing a show a while ago and somebody thought that I was him. And yeah. they're like, were you in a band called that? They mentioned one of his older bands, like it might have been like uh, the devil himself or something. And I was just like, no, but I know exactly what the fuck you're saying. So and, and it's funny, the relationship you had with them. I remember going to see Sam. I am at St. Vitus uh, for the um, remember when when the hurricane hit. Yeah, you so went we, to that? I was there. I was, I was I helped, just talking about that last night. I helped Jay that, sing. That was like the hurricane. And so like. Like we sold all the tickets, yeah. but like only like 120 people showed up because the buses weren't run. It just that was like right in the middle of the crazy hurricane. And so I remember we played we played and, and uh, after we were like went to Artie, like one of the guys that owns the bar. Uh, sorry about that. You know, Artie sucks or whatever. And we can't draw anyone. And he goes, oh, no, man, you sold all the tickets. He said people are here. And then I felt a little bit better. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Shout out to Artie, man. Artie's a, that, a that was. That was another funny thing about that show is that a girl did a stage dive and she yeah. was like si singing the whole time. And uh, she just, she did a bunch of stage dives, but one time out, Jason, the singer, Sam, I am slapped her ass. 
but not like in a gross old man trying to cap a feel just like fucking around i'm drunk or whatever and they had, had a kind of a little bit of a, a altercation and he had explained to her i think he went up and talked to her after he's like you know i wasn't copying your 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 ass i was just like hey we're this is a weird show and we're all drunk or whatever and then they made up but yeah. she i think she loves him and then she got really mad probably was ready to leave the show going i hate that fucking band and then they made up and it was all good so, so uh, her name is Alana, or Elena, or something. I, no, or... no, it wasn't Elena. We know oh, Elena. It oh, it wasn't her. Girl. Oh, I didn't. No, know. it okay. wasn't her. It was another girl who actually flew out from L.A. Oh, wow. Okay, I thought it was her. Yeah, at that show, Elena and her uh, were uh, were you know like they actually were taking advantage of the fact that it wasn't uh, a crowded like male-dominated show sort of, and they were just like fucking around. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the other girl, the little girl. Okay. Well, I remember. So, all right. So my band, I remember we saved all our gas because the hurricane hit and we were like, you couldn't get gas. So I was like, listen, I was like, we have fucking tickets to see Sam. I am at St. Vitus. We're not going to go anywhere. I'm going to basically leave my car here. And when the show comes, if they make it there, we're going to drive there. And it was definitely weird for sure. Only like, you know, uh, whatever amount of people showed up, but, um, and it was it was a lot of fun because we it just like you said, we made like a, a really interesting night of it. And it's something that I'll never forget. And, and at the end of that show, we were outside and somebody had mentioned to Jay, uh, your singer. Um, he's like, yo, you guys should play the, this band Iron Sheik. And at the time, like we were friends with, with Iron Sheik. And I'm thinking to myself, like, holy shit. I'm like, they're, they must be getting pretty big. They're about to just play with Sam I Am right now. And that, I think that's how that relationship really, like the, the very beginning of it and stuff, because now you and Mike do stuff, right? Well, I, I knew Iron Sheep before that. Okay. Like, uh, but I'm sure Jason, like the singer Sam I Am, doesn't know things like that. I mean, he knows things about a lot of things, but usually doesn't know what's currently going on and sure. anything like punk. He doesn't pay attention. And I'm not not that he doesn't like punk or anything, but I'm more, just more like of a nerd that like I know about whatever little band from wherever and he doesn't. Um, but yeah, that's probably that probably the first time he ever heard the word Iron Sheep. But yeah. And we've toured with him quite a bit since not not so much tour, but did like, you know, strings yeah. of like five shows with him a bunch. And uh, and my uh, I have a band in L.A. Uh, called Waysway and uh, we're doing a split seven inch. With, yep. with, with Iron Sheik and stuff. Yeah, and, and me and me and all, actually, when the first time we did like five shows with, um, I kind of freaked the guys in Iron Sheik out a little bit because I just, <laughs> it took a, it took a minute, but I just bonded with Phil, the, uh, you know, the guitar player. The, For sure. The, the, the musical guy of, uh, uh, of it. Because everyone's saying like, Phil hates everybody. And Phil just stays in his garage and he's grumpy or whatever. But for some reason, you and Phil are getting along. Like, what did you do or whatever? And I was like, oh, that, I don't know. It seems okay or whatever. And then every time we play with him since, I was like, oh, Phil, I want to hang out with Phil. And Phil's like, it's kind of like a puppy dog where like one time you could play with a puppy dog and he's like, yeah, I love you. I love you. And every other time he's just, eh, it's just you. I don't care. Because every other time we see Phil, he's just like, oh, hey, sir, do you like me? Eh. And it's not particularly friendly to me. But he was. He was on the first trip to the point where, like, Mike said, like, what the, you're like the uh, Phil Whisperer or something like that. Yeah, Phil. Like, like a dog, Phil got bored of me. And I was like, oh, yeah, Phil, <laughs> I, I still love you. Even if you're just blase about me. He may, maybe he moved on to Colin now. 
But uh, I remember we were recording with Phil because Phil did some great recordings. And one of the bonding uh, conversations we had with Phil was our love of Sam. I am. So he like, we, you know, there's something about like Sam. I am as a band that like, I feel like when you connect with someone even way beyond, like if you mention the get up kids or, or, or super chunk, there's something about like a friendship that you like with that band in particular, that it's like, I, I feel like not everyone knows Sam. I am, you know, but yeah, it's like, the obscurity part of it. Yeah. Yeah, the the, I, I, the part of it, like the, that's the friend. Like I've made friends where it's like, oh, you actually know a uh, a stray. Like it's like, okay, yeah. we're cool. I talk about it all the time, especially in like this context, like a a, a podcast. Because I I only do podcasts with people that know and usually love, you know, like Sam I am, um, and I do you know one every other month or once a month or whatever. And yeah, like uh, as opposed to an interview that maybe a record label might set up where the person's just like doing a job. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a music podcast is, in my experience, is almost always just someone that has unhealthy attachment to music and likes Sam I Am and knows a lot about Sam I Am, like didn't even have to do research, uh, like knows all my other bands. And it's like, otherwise, why would they get Sergi, Sergi Lubkoff from, from like anyway? Because they're like, who's he? I don't know. But anyway, um, a common like theme about that I do is like they, they, they call like any like rag cub or knapsack or sam i am or what now ways away um like um bands bands meaning guys in bands or people in bands like like that and i always go yeah we are like that which means that we're kind of obscure and we're kind of like failures in the music industry so like guys in bands aren't threatened by us right <laughs> and so and i always like talk about like it's comedians are the same way there's like comedians that are the stadium com comedians like if you look like a stadium comedians usually comedians go oh that fucking asshole he steals jokes and he's like a hack or whatever but then you have people like some of my favorite comedians that are like unknown um that every comedian likes them and and why is that it's because they're still playing at the small little bars and, and whatever and they're not threatening to them right Whereas the, the up and coming people or the people that are already huge are like, fuck those guys. So, so Sam, so, so yeah, so I do, I do a podcast and the podcaster goes, yeah, it's great. You're like a, you're a band's band. It's great. It's like it's awesome that you're a band's band. And I go, yeah, you know, that just means that uh, we're unthreatening because we're not popular. Right. <laughs> and, and, and sometimes they don't believe my definition of what a band's band is, but like so many times, like I'll meet a band, I'll meet or even a band, big band, like uh couple years ago i went to a party and rise against played and uh i was just talking to those guys and they were, and they were like yeah you know sam i am is a few band that going back to our van days that we didn't argue like we always argued like about like the music or whatever like oh, don't play that shit like oh that shit and stuff but Salmon's band that we all always agreed on or whatever right i'm not saying that they like Salmon's any of their favorite bands but they all agreed on it right and i and i i think it was the guy I know the least in that band, uh, the singer Tim, and he goes, and I go, I sort of explain that thing. Yeah, we're like bands, band, like we're not threatening. And he goes, he goes, no, I'm not like that. Meaning, I'm not, I don't feel competition with other bands, uh, or I don't get jealous of other bands' success or whatever. And maybe because I'm an asshole, I just looked at him like squarely in the eye, <laughs> and I go, and I go, don't like, don't bullshit me. Yeah, and I don't know. <laughs> I don't know him very well, so I don't know his sense of humor. Sure. I was just fucking with him. Yeah, yeah, even yeah. Even though it's being dead honest. 
but I think he took it badly. And he was like, no, like he was like, no, really? Like I was sort of saying like, you got to be a politician. You fucking hate some of these bands, some of these younger bands right now that are passing up uh, Rise Against or whatever, right? Yeah, yeah. So I didn't say that word for word, but like, you know, that's what I was getting at. But he sort of looked at me, uh, actually kind of, I think sort of stopped the conversation and he wanted to talk to someone else after that. <laughs> oh, that's you so know? fun. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I'm not, and I'm not criticizing him at all, but, uh, and I'm not saying I'm right, but I just feel like that's what bands band. No, means, but right? it, and the thing is, is like, you know, when you, you probably run into people too, but like, I'm the same way. It's like, if, if I could joke with you and we have that, that, that rapport, like you said, you don't know his sense of humor. And like, that's how I would approach people. Cause I'm like, this is like, why would you be so serious about anything? This is just like, whatever, you know? So like sense of humor is definitely big, but yeah, right. That, that, that's great. That, uh, <laughs> that dude. Well, I'm, I'm sure his sense of humor is, is vast and, and, and stuff, but it doesn't mean it clicks with mine. No, and no, for a- sure. I have a, I have a, like, I like to like slightly fuck with people, sense of humor, right? And uh, it probably bite, bites me in the ass. I probably think, think you know, that skinny guy uh, from Sam I is an asshole. He said something shitty to me once. And I'm like, no, I'm just completely kidding. But we, and we talked about like, you know, uh, Jason, you know, uh, from Sam I am, because I was like, oh, I'm going to reach out to him because like you do all the podcasts. So I'm like, oh, you know what? I never hear from Jason and anytime they play, like I always talk to him and stuff. And <laughs> you were just like, you know, like we had that discussion uh, where you're just like, Oh no, it's like, I'll, I'll, I'll do this because uh, I guess you mentioned Jason's sense of humor on podcasts that sometimes people take it the wrong way. Well, uh, like, I don't think that Jason or Sean has ever done an, uh, like an interview. Uh, you, guys did, you guys did one with, uh, with Artie uh, for, you, you did the St. Vitus one. I, yeah, I that's, a perfect, that's a perfect example um, of what I was about to say. It's like, I don't think either of them have ever done an interview, and this is going like for decades, um, or a podcast or anything, that they didn't completely take the piss out of it and make fun of the interviewer and then do inside jokes with each other uh, and never say any kind of information that's like relevant to anything they just bullshit right like and start talking about shitting or what they had for breakfast um <laughs> then purposely with their own sense of humor like uh uh basically not really give what the interviewer wants right because everyone's like are you guys going on tour next month or yeah what, yeah what's happening they would never answer that question and if they did they'd probably get it wrong um and so like that like anytime <laughs> there's an interview that's in person or, or, or like I never do TV ones or filmed ones with either of those guys. I never do really do interviews with those guys because I look like this like guy with stick up his ass trying to be a little serious and like give some information that people might want to hear about the band or what the interview might hear. And they're both basically making fun of the interview, the interviewer and doing interviews the whole time. And, you know, um, so like, yeah, like, uh, I set that one up with Artie, but I, I think it came late or whatever, and they were doing it. So I just sat there and they talked the whole time because I don't, I just, I look like such an idiot when I'm doing an interview that's a normal interview or a podcast uh, with two guys that are making fun of the whole concept of doing an interview. But like, I really honestly, going back to our Atlantic days when we used to do like, yeah, yeah. you know, dozens of interviews, sometimes a dozen a day, um, uh, like like press, press day kind of things. Uh, I just 
uh, don't think that like Jason, for example, because uh, Sean wasn't there at that time, has ever done an interview where a guy answers the question and he goes, oh, let me seriously think about that question. And here's the answer to that question because he thinks it's stupid. Yeah, yeah. He's like, in a way, they're both like, without being really punk rockers, are way more punk than me or anybody because they're just like, this isn't commerce and I don't, I don't want to promote anything ever. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? So they just like, uh, you know, like I say, they take the piss out of it. Pretty, pretty amazing. And I, I know them and Artie, you know, whatever type 11, like you guys have history. So it was a lot easier to just be like, Hey, we'll do this. Um, yeah. but, but I, I gotta say, so ways away came out, uh, that the self-titled record came out in 2020. Uh, and I really liked racket club. Mm-hmm. But when I heard Ways Away, it just quickly became my favorite rock album of that year. Like, I was pretty, oh, nice. fucking, I was pretty fucking blown away by it. Um, like, uh, like anytime. <laughs> and as a songwriter, I do this a lot. I don't know if anyone else does this, but I hear something like Rome with a ghost and I'm like, fuck, I wish I wrote that. You know, like you hear something like that or like Die on the Vine um, and uh, even the fucking random Beach House cover, which I think is amazing. Um, but how did that band come about? Um, because it's that self-titled record is so fucking good. I mean, the thing about uh Racket Club too, uh, but less so because Racket Club, you know, the, the basic songs were all Blair, the singer, uh, and then I just wrote them with him, right? Like he like Blair, for example, he doesn't really I don't know if he I shouldn't say he doesn't, but I don't know if he knows how to write a song like from beginning to end. I'm not sure he ever has. I've been in two bands with him and I just don't think he ever did like like beginning, middle and and all the doodads and stuff. But what he is like brilliant at is writing like a chorus or a verse and and the and the skeleton, a, you know, yeah, that's yeah, a big the thing. important parts of a song. right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Ragged Cub, except for one song. All the songs, uh, you know, the, the basic song is written by him. And then, you know, that me and him wrote it and I add all the two doodads, right? But, um, and Sam I Am hasn't had a record come out since uh, 2011. So what, so what basically uh, weighs away is, is, you know, uh, nine of the songs that I've been writing since 2011 um musically i'm talking about okay and yeah. i and i somehow found like a guy that's young enough to be my son um yes that's a really good singer fucking I mean, great singer we're, we're peers we're yeah. peers and i look a little young and he looks a little old <laughs> so like <laughs> it's not it's not like i'm in a band with my son really really um and i'm immature actually more than how we look and he is he's also immature but in a different way um but basically uh, he, he, he's written like we have like 25 songs I think at this point because we have another record and a couple of singles Waiting. Uh, yeah. uh, but basically you know I'd say if there's 25 songs like 22 of them are songs I've written and a big chunk of them are songs that go back actually back to 2004 Wow. Uh, so, some of them and they're either songs that for the last two Sam I Am records uh, we wrote and recorded and Jason just didn't like them or didn't feel inspired because some of them uh, are songs that we recorded the music to, and but 
uh, not vocals. Like, like, you know, like we go in the studio to like to make whatever's got you down in 2005, before whatever, whatever year. And um, he only sang to, uh, you know, 12 or 13 of them. But there was like three other ones that we recorded that I wrote that I just didn't sing to. And every record going back to You Freaking Out has a couple of songs that sort of got discarded. Um, do you have melody and so ideas? Wait, wait. Do you have melody? Do you have melody ideas when when you write them, or is that just up to like you know like Jesse or like Jason? Early on, like like going back to like er, like an early Sam, I am I had melody wrote melodies and lyrics, just a bunch of songs, and I gave it to to Jason, and Jason sort of like used it as a, as a springboard, mm. not the lyrics but the melodies. Yeah, yeah. And then at some point, I stopped doing the melodies because I would do them on guitar because I can't sing uh, well enough to convey it. Uh, because I was like, well, this doesn't work because I I don't know how to I don't know how to write melodies that suit him. And then then I just stopped like after a stray because I was just like I don't want to push my shit on to him. That's like. I don't know if he would want me to or wouldn't want me to, but I was just like, I'm just not going to do that. Um, so to answer your question, I don't do that anymore. Now I just leave it open. And with, uh, with Blair and Jason, that means that a lot of them are going to get ignored because it's hard for them. But for some reason, me and Jesse, uh, the singer of Ways Away, we're just so in tune uh, that he has no problem writing melodies to my music and he also um unlike the other two guys he thinks it's easy like he thinks that i the way hit two because we're kind of aligned a little bit that i throw underhanded softball pitches to him where it's just like he hears it once and he's just like i have a thousand ideas for this already you know um but, but I didn't finish my thought. My, my, my thought, you like, like, why does that, why did that Ways Way sound record sound like we've been a band for a long time as far as like the uh, content sounded like, like uh, pretty decent. That's because <laughs> these songs were like written, rewritten, and recorded and re-recorded some of them for like 15 years or whatever. Is, is that frustrating uh, though to you? Like, yeah. You know, is. like it is right. Cause like to me, like I, like I like we write songs and we release five every like six months because it's like otherwise I, I go crazy. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, I would imagine it's kind of frustrating. Well, for me, the thing is, like not to go back to talking about you on your own po podcast, but for you, <laughs> like because you sing. Yes. And yeah, even if you're just going to put that song out like with on acoustic guitar and put it on YouTube on you, it's your control of everything. Yeah. But because I'm not like that. I'm not a singer songwriter. I'm just like kind of a music writer. Uh, well, I don't write music. So I'm a music maker upper and guitar player. Uh, I depend on someone else if I want to do this at all. And, uh, and it'd be really boring to these riffs or these songs uh, to put out a garage band demo of just music. People are like, well, that's boring as shit, you know? Um, and so it's frustrating for me because it's so, I'm so dependent on other people. And before Ways Away happened, yeah, like I just had this like giant vault of songs and MP3s of songs. Um, like, for example, there's a song, Semi has a record. We, we signed to a new label and uh, we have 15 songs recorded without vocals right now, right? Okay. And right. Jason, Jason's gone in the studio. He's going in for a third attempt or third 
session, so to speak, where he's gone in the studio for like uh, almost two weeks, twice already. And he's sort of at the point where I would hope he would have been about eight years ago. Okay. <laughs> you know, because I don't think he does anything with them or actually sings on his own. Uh, he, you know, he just, you know, whatever. Um, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's, he's, he's, he has other more important things in his life or he's uninspired or, or, or whatever. Um, but one of those songs is a song that I found on a hard drive uh, that was, I don't know if it was a practice room demo or it was a, like a shitty studio demo, but it was a song uh, that of mine uh, that, that was supposed to be on your Freaking Me Out, which is 1996. And we were, we figured, I figured it out and arranged it a little different. Uh, and he threw away the vocals because he doesn't like the lyrics or whatever, which is a bummer because I liked them. Yeah. Um, but that's a song from 1996 that if we finish my record, if we do, it will be on the 2022 or 2023 Sam I Am record, which is, you know, 27 years later. You know? Well, and- I love that's why I really wanted to talk to you as well, because I know that Ways Away has a record uh, and I thought Sam, I am. I just figured like the COVID thing kind of like delayed it and stuff. So like, I guess it did. It did for a while. The Sam, I am thing. Basically, like, you know, I started I personally started trying to to make Sam, I am a record in 2014. And when we, we went to Australia and in Australia, we had this big tour with like this band Body Jar and uh, Blue Eye Medic who are like in our world in Australia, like big bands um, and the, and clowns who are now really big, but they were younger then. And we basically played Thursday to Sunday. We were there for like two and a half weeks or three weeks. Um, and then we have these days off in the middle where we would just stay in uh, Melbourne. And I like, you know, it's like not, not like some Herculean task, but I figured out a way where we could practice at a club during the week and you know sean and i had all these songs and we practiced and made up five songs right then and recorded them and we we're like i was like it's 2014 i was like hopefully yeah jason you could like take this and a garage band uh you know come up with some vocals and then we played riot fest in chicago the next year and we did a demo of those five songs and he didn't sing to them i go oh well maybe in the next year you could sing some vocals and then we played in Denver and we went to practice space and we're like boomboxy kind of recording, recorded some other songs and maybe you could sing to these. And then uh, like, you know, four years ago, we were in Germany, we went to this big band's uh, studio who us for free or, or we paid like almost nothing, recorded some more songs. Hey, maybe you could sing to these songs, like maybe garage band or something. Um, uh, and he never sang to it. And then in 2020, you know, we went to Green Day studio and recorded all 15 songs in their like practice room studio. Oh, that's cool. maybe you could sing to all these and because we'll come back in two, three months uh, and we're going to record like we did our last record for free in the, the real studio and then COVID hit, right? And then, uh, you know, time went by during COVID and we recorded the drums. And then a couple months later, we went uh, to Cadenceville and recorded all the bass and guitars. That was last August. And here we are in February and Jason's gone in uh like I said for a, not for a short period of time but like freaking maybe like 16 maybe more like almost like 18 days 
and he's basically where he should have been in 2014, <laughs> you know? And I say this with like uh, a little bit of frustration, obviously, because sure. like, I would like it to go, but more with a lot of empathy and stuff, you know, he's like, I think he's 49 year old man and uh, he has two kids and he has, you know, he manages a, a bar that he sort of set up with investors that's fucking up because of COVID and he has his own goals in life that are not ban related besides, you know, wife and kids and job. Um, in the old days, I'd be really mad. And like, I really like want to be clear to anyone when I do interviews, it's like, like in the old days, I'd be fucking pissed. I'd be like, God damn it. Like lazy fuck. What the fuck are you doing? I mean, I would be fucking furious. Well, I'm saying that I'm, I would say that with uh, with a real lack of empathy and understanding, like we all don't live the same lives yeah. or, or whatever. I don't have kids and I and I or I I'm the architect of my life life where I just like path of least resistance and like just, you know, I'm wide open Me to do too. what I want, including <laughs> like being in unsuccessful bands or whatever um, without going broke or whatever. And um and basically, like, you know, I always say this. I'm, I know this is getting a little long-winded. Nah, uh, wind but, away. Um, I, when people ask me, it's like, Shemai broke up in 2001. Like, when after, like, a little couple of tours we did for, um, for Astray. In my mind, we broke up then. And we never really got back together in the way that we were a real band. Um, we ended up touring and without really, like, without really like talking about it, we got back together and we've done a couple of records and we tour the world over and over again, particularly like Europe, but Japan, South America and uh, Australia, like multiple times. And uh, we, we haven't done a full US tour since that, that tour, but we will do the East Coast, we'll do the West, we'll go to the Midwest and stuff. And like compared to other bands, we actually just got back together and we're just a normal band. But in my head, it's like, I never looked at the band the same after we broke up in 2001. Um, but we're, the reason why we broke up is because I used to do like lion's share of like organizing things. Uh, and I booked a Japanese tour and it was like, uh, you know, all done posters, just all the work you have to do to do a, a tour. And of course I didn't book a Japanese people did, but you know, that takes like a hundred emails and just like lots of thought and like whatever and organize, or just bullshit organized thing. And sort of last minute, Jason's like, I don't want to do that. Let's do that later, right? Which, which I got really pissed off. And that wasn't, you know, the first time something like that happened. And I was like, fuck Jason. Uh, and without a fight or anything, not a fight, but just, I was like, I can't do this anymore. And we broke up, right? And I look back on my attitude, like with a lot of like kind of embarrassment, um, not, to him, but to me thinking of my, my, myself, um, where I just feel like it's really a foolish attitude. It's like everyone, it's like he was like, you know, like in his late 20s, he actually like had lived for years, like, like James, the other guitar player, had lived for years without working because we made a ton of money. We didn't earn, but made a ton of money from being on major labels and doing like publishing deals. And they lived on it for years, you know, and what money came in from Sam I am while I worked that whole time. Right. Mm, um, yeah. And so the end of that round 2000 and the music industry was going to shit. They both went bankrupt. They had all, all sorts of issues that I was very un 
uh, empathetic about. And if you asked me then, and I was younger and dumber, I would have gone, well, they fucked up, which is such lame. It's like just me not having empathy and not really actually thinking of what it means to uh, live someone else in someone else's shoes, right? Sure. Yeah, yeah. And then when we like in the years after, you know, I still like I'm the guy and Sean uh, to a lot of large degree, but not as much as me would set up these tours. And when we did records, do a lot of it and dealing with record labels uh, until, you know, just like two years ago, like I still did it a lot. And so I would get mad when I'd set something up and they go, I can't do it or whatever, or they take it for granted. And like, of course, of course, no thank yous <laughs> or anything. And somewhere like, when Ways Away started, happened a little bit with Racket Club, but when Ways Away started, and I'm just really satisfied with Ways Away, even though it's like not a popular band and it's a struggle. And, I, and I, I'm going to say yet because it, it it's just so good. It's 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 genuinely one of the best rock records I've heard well, in the last five years. Okay, I like your attitude. That's awesome. <laughs> but but uh, but the chance of uh, of it like just like leaving the bottom of the music industry where we currently happily reside are very <laughs> slim and um but I'm at, I'm at the time of my life right now is like i'd like it to get more popular i like to get to the point where we can draw like 400 people a night everywhere that would be cool but like what doesn't happen doesn't matter because i'm just really happy with it what it is but again i'm off topic but when ways where sort of rose up uh unexpectedly i really just went you know what um I used to have just like this like epiphany about God, what an asshole I was in my head because I never yelled at anybody. I never got mad at anyone. Probably did enough talking shit with my brother or my friends about like, say, Jason or whatever uh, or, or, or anyone in, in Sam I Am that because I set something up and they don't want to do it or whatever and they don't understand how much effort went into it on my part. Um, and this like what I described about singing like for the Sam I Am record the old me would be really pissed, right? And the new me is just like, like, well, this sucks, like, you know, but um, I'm not, I don't have like, I don't have like a, even a twinge of uh, anger or ill feelings towards Jason, towards it. I'm more like, I know Jason, no one wants to let anyone else down. I mean, sometimes people do, I guess, but no one wants to let anyone else down, right? Um, but, like whatever it is like i said before whether it's just like life's a little too complicated for him to focus on sam I am or he has a uh, writer's block yeah or whatever it is like it's what's happening with him right now uh and he always likes to say that this is the, the shittiest way to do it you know me him writing to uh by himself which i'm just like we've done all these demos and practiced so ad nauseum with these songs and it's like being all five of us in a room together has not helped you know because we've done that ad nauseum over the last like seven eight years um but regardless of that or any excuse like uh real or imagined it's like um well it's it's like it's valid and also it's like uh you can't force someone like anything in life that if you want to do something that's like co-op thing, you know, whether it's a relationship of any kind, even with your wife or girlfriend, and they don't want to do what you want to do, or they don't want to do it how you want to do it. And you get mad, you know, you're the asshole. You're always the asshole because that's what you want to do. It's not necessarily, or how you want to do it more likely. 
uh, or when. Um, and you can't force someone to just like do it, what you want to do when you want to do it, right? And me wanting Jason to, to finish singing like six months ago, for example, um, is is me. That's my world, my reality, my like desires and stuff. Um, you know, it's not Jason. It's like he's going to do it when he he's going to do it when and if uh, he can do it, right? And that's where we are with Sam and yeah. and because I have ways away, even though ways away doesn't get to go tour around and make uh, uh, like a pretty decent amount of money and, and not have to worry about budgets and stuff. Um, it's really rewarding and fun for me. Uh, you know, we just finished our second record and I'm like really, really proud of it and stuff. Uh, it makes it a lot easier for me uh, to just back off from Sam I Am and just not push at, at, at all. You know, I, what, what I do worry about is like letting like our new label down, you know. And so you're not people. on hopeless. So not no longer hopeless. It's it's something else. No. Okay. No. It's better. Well, then I don't want to start talking about hopeless, but like very dissatisfied with that. Label. Well, it's I'm, it's funny because yeah, like so, so I have a friend, and uh, he plays in the band Taken Back Sunday, and when they signed to Hopeless Records, I was like, "Yo, you're fucking label mates with Sam I Am." <laughs> That was like the only thing I gave a shit about, you know. So it's it's funny. Uh, I get you know. When you're on hopeless. You're not. You're not. You're not on a label with Sam. I am, especially like Taking Back Sunday. They're on label. They're label mates with Neck Deep and whatever. Like you know, Sam. I am happens to be have records on Hopeless, but we're not on that label. Like from their perspective, from Hopeless's perspective, like yeah. they just changed completely in every way. There's a couple of people that work there that I love. Um, but in general, that label, I have like a lot of disdain for. Okay. Yeah. 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 I just thought it was funny. Like I said, like my, my buddy, Mark, I, like when this was a year, maybe it was a five, six years ago or something. So like mm. whenever they signed, I was just like, yeah, because he knows I was like a big fan. I was like, you're fucking label mates with Sam. I am. And I think he actually ended up with some vinyl um, that uh, he got, you know, that I was supposed to get from him. So I mean, if you think of Hopeless, there was a time when, it was a lot kind of a seemed a little odd for Sam and be on Hopeless, especially after we were on like major labels. But you know, it was like weaker than some Diligent Four and uh, some uh, some bands that made sense and it, and there was a vibe that uh, it, that fit. And somewhere, you know, early two thousands, it went from that to something like it's like what do we, you know, our new label is called Pure Noise and it has hardcore bands and pop punk bands also and stuff and it's not a hundred percent perfect uh like on paper fit but we're like really happy to be on it but i mean astray i think was on there and like for me like in 2000 so that that explains why i never saw you back then because i was going to the institute of audio research which was like a tech school in manhattan and one of the dudes there uh made me a copy of astray uh and something else i don't even remember what it was but that was the first time i i heard the band and it kind of like blew me away because I was always like, like I liked Smashing Pumpkins. I like loud guitars, but I needed melody. And I wasn't really too into like the punk punk stuff. And there was just something about Astray that made sense to me. You know, like I was coming from like the pavement world. Uh, no. Sugar Copper Blue was like another album that just blew my mind. So like from that songwriting stance, I, I there was like Astray just hit every everything that I needed, like to me, um, you know, Mud Hill is like one of the greatest songs ever written, 
you know, and, and the simplicity of it really, but it's just like those chords hit at the right place. Like those chords hit like for whom the bells toll almost, you know, like there's just like perfect power chords at the right place and stuff. So <laughs> that, that album was my introduction to Sam. I am. And from there, it's just like, um, everything that I know about songwriting, I know it's funny cause you're playing a show with jawbreaker, which I want to talk about those reunion shows and it's jawbreaker descendants face to face and Sam I am and in my head I'm thinking like everything I know about songwriting is at that show like those four bands taught me everything really yeah when I first started playing guitar like the first like my brother I played drums for years before and my brother played guitar sweet baby right yeah Yeah. and um he taught me how to do a bar chord we're in the basement of my or yeah basement of my parents my mom's house and uh in one afternoon day, I figured out how to do a bar chord and how to move a bar chord, like, you know, using three fingers and sliding up and down. I said, oh, my God, I know there's a lot more to it than this, but this is kind of all you need to know. And I uh, literally in a couple hours, I went from not knowing anything about guitar to knowing how to shittily move a bar chord around. And that first day I was learning, uh, it was back in cassette days, I was learning how to play Descendants songs. I'm literally the first night. I was like playing like Silly Girl or something. And the first week of months, it was like Doughboys and Descendants. Um, so, yeah, like for me too, Descendants, you know, like. Just, um, yeah, totally. I mean, not, I, not, I, I liked Face to Face, but I felt they were more like peers or whatever. Yeah. And Jopic were definitely pe- peers. Um, but yeah, Descendants for me, um, you know. Like I don't spend a lot of time listening to Descendants now as like an old man, but uh, like I definitely recognize that like that's the Descendants really are my Ramones. Like other people say, other oh, Ramones that was my building box for uh, punk and and learning how to play an instrument or whatever. But for me, it was uh, yeah, it was Descendants. That's a great point because to me, they might have been my Ramones as well uh, because everything like just like the songs were like man, I, I it started with me with Summary. So summary had everything, you know, I had the cassette and I'm like, this is just fucking great. Like, you know, you hear bikeage and all these songs, like Coolidge. And then mm-hmm. I remember you go to cover it and you're thinking that these are going to be like simplistic punk songs. I'm like, yo, these songs are actually pretty fucking hard to play. And then they moved. I remember like when they turned into all and million bucks came out off a of pummel. I was like, yo, let's cover this song. And I'm like, yo, this song's really fucking hard to play. Like, I don't even understand like what he's playing. I mean, Descendants is like anything. Uh, it's deceptively simple. It's easy to play wrong, right? And play shitty, but it's like really hard to impossible to play right, you know? So like all, all music, you look at the like, a lot of really simple hit songs from the whenever, like 60s or 50s, they say, yeah, you can play that, but you're not playing it like right. You're right, yeah. So. Yeah. So and like and of course the bass for both those bass players is like not simple and like just use like crazy bass players playing crazy, but but for me for playing guitar it's like da na 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 right with a bar chord just sliding a bar chord up and it's chromatic right you know it's just moving up like this and I was like within a day I can play that shittily, and and that's what got me into playing guitar or helped me helped me aboard and I was like hey I'm gonna play play guitar player i'm gonna um write songs and stuff well i i don't want to keep you too long i I just had two more things that i wanted to bring up to you um you know 
the last thing I'm going to say about Sam, I am is, you know, some people come out of the gate, like with appetite. And then from there, you know, like appetite for destruction. I mean, like, you know, they come out really hard, like the first album. And I feel like Sam, I am is a band that somehow just got better. So I love, you know, clumsy and you're freaking me out. But I, I think Astray was like the peak. Like that was like the album that was perfect. And then the last two records were fucking great. Like there's so many fucking good, like anything off of uh, whatever's got you down. Um, I mean, that's a fucking really killer goddamn song. Come home. Um, and then Trips. Trips had 80, 80 West, uh, Crew of None. How would you know? And and the song that you guys always do live is El Dorado, which to me, like when I hear that, it's such a sleeper track that I didn't think anything of it. But when you play it, it's it's got that whoa. Like when I think of Iron Maiden's like Fear of the Dark, how it had like a second life once you hear it. It's like everyone like the crowd gets into it. And uh, I, those two records are fucking I mean, honestly, like the last three records you did are the three best records I think you have. I mean, do you feel that way? Uh, you know, I don't, I can't judge, you know, things I participated in, but I, I, I definitely think that like, if you look at like, uh, you know, I, I think that all the records that I've done post, like if you say, if you're like an older person and you say, yeah, the peak is astray. So 2000. I did two records for the Banco Solea. I did uh, the Ragged Cub record and I did uh, two, now two Ways Away records and two and maybe three Sam I Am records. I don't feel like, and part of it's probably because I didn't get jaded uh, with non-success and I didn't get soft with a bunch of success, right? <laughs> but uh, I just worked just as hard as I did 30 years ago at these songs like and throw away shit and just keep I don't settle you know which is like oh this will do or whatever um so you know like I can't judge whether it's good or bad but I feel like uh you know I put it, it's, it I put in I put in as much as I ever have into it um you could you could, think, you know you like could you could hear what for 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 this for a moment i feel like i don't feel like that like the last thing that weighs away that single that you guys put out i think maybe yeah. like that's going to be the chic split um that song is that was like one of the best songs of last year like it's fucking amazing like it's such a goddamn good song so you're still like i mean you're still a part of this stuff that like even if you say you know it's moderate success it's just it's the quality to to people that hear it to me i'm just like this is just as good as anything I've ever heard you do. So that's, that's yeah. awesome. I think it's, yeah, I'm glad that there's people out there like you that, that like it. It's just like the blessing of not being popular, you know? <laughs> okay. Like you look at like Smashing Pumpkins, who I loved for years, like decades. And yes. uh, you brought up Guns N' Roses and their recorded history or Metallica is just like- Yeah, yeah, you're right. Metallica has not put anything that I've even remotely liked out in like 32 years. Um, <laughs> Uh, and it's just like, yeah, they got super popular and super successful and soft and forgot why people like them kind of thing. Um, and we didn't get soft, you know, because <laughs> we didn't have any success, you know, just like a very like mild success. Uh, 
I, but, you I, know, I, you know, I, it's like a lot of people don't agree with you, you know, and they say, oh, yeah, Sam sucks. And, you know, there's people that think that we sucked before Clumsy, older people and people that think we sucked before Astray and people think like last thing we put out good was Astray. I doubt there's anyone that thinks that uh, whatever's got you down is the best thing we, did, we ever did, probably, even though I think that's quite possibly the most even uh songwriting it didn't sound so great but i think actually that to me that record is the best songwriting sam i am record it's like it's really good like the first first three songs listen maybe like they didn't like the recording but like i said like the first three like the first like i would say seven songs right off um are just so good. Like every time I hear them, like, it's just like, Jason is just like on top of his game on the, on those when we're together. So good. But the song, like, I always want to go back to anything. Cause I, I feel like it's such a deep cut and, and, you know, I love that. Um, and it's funny that you mentioned about popularity. Cause one of the things for my band that I mentioned when everyone's like, Oh, you know, you guys have like, like we, I don't even care. I'm like the, the best part about having zero fan base like us is that I could write, five different songs that don't sound anything like it like you know it's just like different like flavors because it's like you're not disappointing like a fan base i'm like yeah it's like i don't know it's like this is an acoustic song this is a heavy song so it's funny that you, you mentioned that um and, and just the last thing i want to say like how excited are you for the jailbreaker shows you know this is going to sound funny i didn't want to do those two jawbreaker shows because okay. i i you know, I'm not an idiot. I know that we're right where we're supposed to be. There's like four, uh, like face face bigger than us. Standards is huge, and of course, Shawbreaker is like going through this like like phenomenal like possibility. But I was like, the, I was like, I don't. If we're not going to finish this record, like I don't want to really play. I want to focus on finish record. And then if we're going to play, do uh, do we really want to just like just play shows that say hey we're the losers so that's play first we've been a band for 30 years you have to play first and it's not like you know i'm not being like uh like just like uh wallowing and stuff pity but i was just like flying all for first it was just gonna be one show um before they added the second one um and i was like ah, you know like like I, we gotta get fly out and we gotta we have, we have to get back in shape. We haven't played a show since 2009, uh, 20, 2020. I was there. Union, Union pool. Uh, oh no, that was the I, last Brooklyn no, show. 2020 was in, in, uh, in Oakland. Okay. And it's just like, Jason should be focusing on, and that, on, uh, but I got outvoted and so we're doing it. And now that we're doing it, we added the Santa Cruz show, with jawbreaker where we're, uh, not first of four. Right. Um, I'm like, okay, let's do this. But yeah, like uh, first, like literally I got outvoted. Those guys were like really into it. And I was just like, what? I don't want to do that. Um, but now it's time to come by. I'm like kind of looking forward to it. But at first I was like, I really do not want to do this. It's like not time. And like, also we agreed to do it. Well, the other thing is like last year uh, they offered us the whole West Coast. And so like we'd be playing the, uh, like at these big theaters in LA and in and, and, uh, and San Francisco. And I was like, that would be really fun. Like, you know, uh, and now they're like, hey, we're flipping you like Denver and um, where you have to fly to and, and uh, Sacramento, which is like, you know, the, one of the armpits of <laughs> California. No offense to Sacramento people or whatever. Well, we're we're uh, big in Sacramento. And I was like, and I was like, well, thanks a lot, Jawbreaker. Like, 
here you go first to four or whatever uh which i don't <laughs> say like again i don't say with an ego because yeah space space are bigger than us descendants are way bigger than us you know i uh i just say it's like you know it's like do we really want to just play first to four like i don't know how it will be but it could be like we play it's this there four thousand uh person room and if we play in there and there's like 500 people because it's so early that's gonna suck it's gonna right. it's it, it, it listen it, this is how i look at it i'm looking at it from the other side i'm looking at it as a fan as someone anyone who's going to that show like like the, that's a four band show right there so like I would just say from a fan's perspective, like that's fucking a legendary fucking, that's like a festival for right yeah. there. Yeah. I mean, I mean, if it turns out well, I'll be happy. Right. But even though it's a lot of fucking work to get to fly out to Denver during COVID and all that stuff, but if it, we play and we're just the opening, opening band and people are shuffling around and it's like quarter filled because it's like too early doors aren't all even open hundred percent yet. I'll be, I'll be a little bit bummed, but you know, whatever. Listen, no, not, it's not a big deal, but you asked me if I'm excited. It's like, yeah. Sam <laughs> and Jawbreaker has played together many times. Yes. And as much as I love Jawbreaker, I don't hold them in the bigger than life uh, uh, category that you might, because I, I know, know, know I, those guys for 30 years. And so playing, yeah. Playing I don't. Jawbreaker is not for me what it is for, everywhere else in the world <laughs> you know I, it's fun but it's not like yay dropping i can't believe it i don't actually i like them a lot i think they're a really good band um it, you know it's obviously I'm, I'm a i'm a way bigger sam i am and face like to me that should be like you know descendants sam i am face to face jawbreaker but sorry blake <laughs> but i want to say this i'm a bigger jets to brazil fan I will say that um, that's a great band, but I, to me, I'm looking at those four bands and, and, and their whole thing, they're fucking playing like smoking popes and built to spill in Chicago. Uh, no, it's crazy. Like lemonheads are opening up for them in a couple of places and people don't remember, but then like 1993, like Evan Dando was in the cover of people magazine, like sexiest man uh, in rock. And it's just like, they were like big shit. And now they're like opening up for, for uh jawbreaker and which just goes to show it's like jawbreaker is doing something really fucking special right oh. now with, with their popularity like uh personally i thought it was like like i i figured it was like kind of a fluke that like ten thousand people watched them at riot fest or i was you there. know what happened when they first came out and now i'm coming to realize no this is like some kind of weird uh neat cultural thing and, and it's like and mythical kind of rock thing and i'm like proud to know them and the happy is for, for, for them uh you know um uh, it, it's like it's awesome like you know it's like if bob ivy got back together i like i'd be like that's just like or even now if fugazi got back together or minor threat got back there it's funny it's just like mythical like uh yeah. larger than life things and i think it's super neat and stuff um and i love jawbreaker um I, you know, I don't listen to Sam I Am. So like when you were talking before about the order of bands, I'm, I'm just like, that's fucking awesome. Um, but your question was like, how excited are you? And it's like, I hate to burst the bubble of anyone that would hope I would be excited. And I'm saying, eh, no, but yeah, you're being honest. Fly. 
and, and I'm going to say one last thing. So like my, my cousin's talking about magical. This is going to what you said about magical. There's a band, uh, there's a podcast called Bandsplain, and it's a really fun concept. Uh, this girl takes like a, a band that has like a cult following and they break down like the discography with someone who's a big fan of theirs. And it's just like, oh, okay. Like why are the pixies big except is shit like that. My cousin, a girl, She's she was like 20, 21. She doesn't even listen to guitar based stuff. I would send her stuff and she would like she was it just rock music, which just wasn't in her universe. One day Mm -hmm. she sends me the episode. She's like, oh, she's like, I was listening to this podcast bands playing and they did an episode on this band Jawbreaker and I fucking love them. And I'm thinking like, what? I'm like, that doesn't even make sense. I'm like, like even the production i'm like are you going to tell me that you that you like bivouac or something like it just didn't no, make it's, sense. The, it's the myth more than anything well it's to me it's the music's great but it's blake's uh lyrics to for pe- people that they weren't there um and it's the music but it's also this myth and like that movie really made uh made the movie, a myth the movie. the movie made it all happen yeah like not only make it happen in the respect that it got him to together in an odd way but just this groundswell of uh you know like what i did a bunch of interviews when that wasn't announced and the people asked me questions like what do you think of this jawbreaker thing before before riot fest and you know a lot of people said dude that's crazy they're playing after like prophets of rage and people are gonna leave yes You're- and people were like i was there even yeah yeah pe- people didn't believe in the jawbreaker um what's now the jawbreaker juggernaut right um (laughs) and a lot of naysayers uh and uh and jealous people right you know um and uh i was like that movie is like some kind of monster for metallica like uh it paints them like to me i watched the movie it paints them as pretty boring people it paints them like uh un um like uh, falsely slightly, as assholes, slightly mean, un, right? Un, unlikable people, which is completely false. But like, to me, if I didn't know Blake, I go, that guy's an asshole. What a like snobby asshole. And, and like the things that both him and Adam said in that, uh, about Chris, yeah. I would think they'll never get back together. Cause God, that move, the whole thesis of that movie is two friends were in a band and broke up cause they couldn't stand the, uh, the uh girly nerd who plays bass right like that's basically that that thing that that whole gist of that movie but like something uh the metallica movie uh that's not other people's takeaway the other people's takeaway was this mythical rad band i love it right and it's so great um and yeah so it's i find it odd because that movie especially the Metallica movie, but also the Jawbreaker movie, I would think it would do more to hurt the myth of the, those two bands, but no, it didn't. It just, to me, it kind of blew the, uh, the myths out of proportion. But I was going to say before about when I did interviews at the time, people asked me, uh, you know, what do you think about um, this, this Riot Fest thing, right? And, and I sort of got the, the gist that they were like, this guy's Sergio is going to be jealous of this band because look at his band; it's not doing anything, and this band's about to headline uh, Riot Fest for million dollars or whatever they're getting paid. <laughs> Surely he's going to talk shit, right? Uh, and I always said the same thing: it's like when uh, the the pavement 
uh, reunion happened in I think 2012. I love I love Pavement, one of my favorite me, bands of all time. Me too, but, yeah. But I love uh, Sonic Youth for longer, and so I, I credit Sonic Youth as sh- shaping my whole musical uh, uh, way of thinking. Like me too. Like, more than the Beatles, it's Sonic Youth. Wow. And okay. uh, I I read an interview, or maybe I listened to a podcast with Thurston Moore, uh, right around, I think it was during that tour, and like they played the Hollywood Bowl. Uh, in LA and unfortunately for Sonic Youth, Sonic Youth was the opening fucking band. It was a lot like Sam I Am you know, upcoming in Denver. We're not up neck and neck with Jawbreaker. There's just giant Jawbreaker and uh, forget about any kind of history 30 years ago. Sam I Am was just a little opening band. Just like if we were opening it for uh, Green Day or whatever, we're just the opening band, right? Uh, but Thurston Moore said something that came off so sour grapes and jealous jealous even if he didn't mean it that way it just came off that way and it was like yeah we should have broken up uh we never broke up we should have broken up and came back and maybe pavement would have um opened up for us at the hollywood bowl or whatever or on this tour and i remember hearing it and and, and identifying with it you know if we're talking about sam i am and rancid or sam i am and um green day or sam i am now in jawbreaker about uh like yeah that just skyrocketed these bands just like thousands of miles above we're not even doing the same thing that they're doing you know really except playing music but it you know um and i and i and it brought that up that quote from thurston moore um uh in these interviews saying it's like i don't want to answer your question what do you think about this like john baker playing riot fest thing and come off like that because i don't think that thurston moore was being jealous uh, uh, overtly at least and I don't think that, that Thurston Moore had anything bad to say about Pavement or anything but it sure fucking came off that way like whether <laughs> like in, inadvertently like it's like wah 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 look at the guy he's jealous and he said something like shitty about Jabra, uh and they and they, and they and they took the bass player of, about, of Pavement <laughs> yeah they so basically what I'm saying is like when I got those questions back then and if I do any more podcasts about this uh, job maker uh, shows that we're playing with it, so easily could come off. Uh, and I have a fear of coming off like an asshole. Other people are like, I don't care how a stronger person doesn't care how they come off, right? But me, I don't want to come off as like, oh, man, I sound like this jealous asshole talking about job maker. Um, but I just said, I, I told people about that quote. And uh, basically, I use that maybe like four or five times as an I. I explained that quote and how I felt about it and didn't answer the question about Jawbreaker, right? Yeah. I just used that quote. So I didn't have to say like, like anything that would come off uh, as jealousy because when it comes down to it, really like if we're not talking to like a political me, fuck yeah, I'm jealous. I wish I was fucking headlining right fast instead yeah. of, uh, you know, being in Sam I am too. No, no, I, I, I mean, I, absolutely, especially like coming with peers and and I, and they release, you know, dear you, everyone shits on it, and then they fucking go away and then come back an X amount of years later. It's it's kind of crazy when you really think about it, you know. You know, like I'm friends with uh, Jesse uh, from Op Ivy, and I always used Op Ivy as the touchstone of just amazing outside of the music industry kicking ass in the music industry, like they did one tour, half-ass tour in a car. They put out like 
EP, seven inch, uh, some compilation tracks and one album, one perfect album. And, you know, for 36 years or whatever, five years, they've just, you know, just been icons of music to so many people, right? Um, yeah. And, and Minor Threat's like that too. And they never looked back. There's only one group of people, like four people uh, in, uh, in Op Ivy, and they never did a reunion. They never, like, got a new member. Um, and it's so much more than just, like, these, like, handful of, like, I, I don't know, they play up 20, so- 20 great songs. Or, yeah, amazing. Uh, it's just the myth is bigger um, than what it is because uh, as great as it, good as it is. And uh, and uh, I'm just kind of like, you know, I use I, I use like that. And then I use the op- opposite side of the spectrum who are two bands that flirted with that myth and that and holding on to that that myth um um and you know in a way squandering a lot of it and that's refused not the drive-in and wow. um that when both those bands came out for the first tours it was the same thing as jawbreaker or uh or what op ivy would be they were huge and uh they put both put out like subpar records and they also tour too much because at the end of the refuse i saw them at the roxy which is like maybe 600 person club wasn't sold out. Uh, and, and uh, after driving, didn't go down to that extreme. They still could get like 4,000 people at a show at the last time in LA. But the, but the myth was gone. It is dried up because they put out records and stuff. Um, and mm-hmm. I'm just like, so when I look at that, I, uh, you know, Op Ivy and Minor Threat and Fugazi both are holding they're holding on. They're and holding they're not, on. They're not cashing out, and who knows what will happen in the future. But they own it. Um, like the Misfits and, is. Misfits was another magical, oh, mystical thing. Yeah, but the Misfits for how giant and they're a stadium band, but they also they're a mess because they have the uh, <laughs> other Misfits band, and they have yes. so much garbage involved <laughs> with them. They have the Christmas records. They're just they're a mess. Yes, and. And I think they're also bullshit because like, I didn't see the Misfits in these stadium tours, but like YouTube videos, I'm like, wow, this sounds like dog shit. Like this is like a farce. Um, I'm going to say this. So um, my uh, shout out to, to my buddy who actually booked that show at Madison Square Garden. He did a great job. Um, so I saw them in New Jersey. It was um, it, as a kid, I was 15 and Walk Among Us was was one of those records that changed my life my life. Um, and so I knew that if this band ever got together the way they were, I felt like every year kids, you know, gravitated to that, to that album. So if they ever played MSG, I feel like they would sell it out. And they did. I saw them in New Jersey. It was fucking terrible. And then I, I wasn't even going to, going to go to the MSG show, but you know, a friend of mine's like, Hey, do you want to go? Like, I'll get you in to msg and i was just like you know what let me go and i went with my girlfriend and, and it was uh the damned it was um rancid and uh, the misfits and it was the greatest show i've ever seen it was the show that i've waited my whole childhood to see and i'll never see them again because they're never they're never going to top that but it was every just like op ivy just like op ivy every misfit song that ev- I, I ever listened to was like i'm like how how this guy just write all these great songs and I they agree pl- completely. Yes. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. But then you look at the nineties and you look about other shit. They just, Oh ran, yeah. Yeah. That ran doesn't... the name misfits into the dirt for me. <laughs> yeah. and, but the main thing is the reason why, if you ask me, I say that that whole misfits stadium thing is like the biggest sellout, uh, maneuver ever it's just because you know i can't speak for like glenn danzig but uh it just seems like he hates those guys he doesn't really love the misfits uh legacy in the way that it exists in 2022 and he's just doing it because he's making a ton of money and because danzig is sagging a little bit right which like no matter how well he performs and like how how you think that that was like such a great show and stuff like i don't believe it i don't believe it through his ears or eyes because i just don't think he wants to be there you know you know I, I at agree. least not in a not in a pure way i i agree uh, because to, to like once you move on like i feel like he wanted like he's like i'm i'm in danzig you know like this is what i do now i don't want to fucking sing songs that i wrote when i was a teenager so like on that side of it like i definitely or i don't sure. want to do it with that guy that i hate ah that too with, yeah <laughs> that's the thing that's the thing it's like but it's, it's a weird thing about uh, about Jawbreakers, because if you watch that movie, you're led to believe that they really hate Chris. And yes. it's like, I don't feel like, I didn't feel like when I saw Jawbreaker maybe five times since they got back together. Not three times. And um, they're weird live because they don't talk on stage. Not a word is uttered. And their, their body language is like three separate people. You know, I have no idea what, what it's like when they're like talking or like eating together it, it's it's like the pixies like you know, the pixies look like they answered a craigslist ass like a, a craigslist ad because like when i when i saw the pixie i mean one of the to me probably the greatest american rock band on the planet in my opinion of course yeah um and, but the four of them after watching the documentary when they came back i'm like yo these four people don't even really like hang out or talk or they yeah like, no weird i saw the pixies at coachella when they were still fresh in your union yes yes coachella yep and um they did not a word to the audience or to each other but jawbreaker didn't either like blake did did the weird speeches non-secular like poem poetic speeches to the audience that the audience was like what the fuck was that <laughs> they didn't they didn't seem to even look at each other I saw them together, like backstage. They went to our stage and watched us at Gross Rock, this festival in Europe. Yep, yep, yep. And they were standing. They came together, the three of them, and they were standing with us together. But I, I don't feel. I took a picture with the three of them, but I don't think I saw them comment to each other. <laughs> <laughs> but I, but I can't speak for them. I don't know if they disliked each other. But that movie, I mean, they seemed like they fucking hated Chris. Like I, I, I don't know them like you know them, but fr from watching the movie, that's. That was like the shock to me. I was like, wow, this is an interesting take on things, you know? They made yeah. fun of, they made fun and on camera of Chris, like yeah. made fun of his voice, yeah. right? Like, yeah, like it's to me, if I didn't know them and didn't know anything except the lore and I watched that movie and then I saw they were playing together, I was like, that bass player is going to agree to do this after yeah. that movie? Yeah. Well, listen, I'm glad you answered the question. Are you excited? Yes, that was a long answer. I, I'll take it. I'm getting more excited a little bit because I, besides Ways Away, well, I tell you this, Ways Away is playing four shows in March and then we're playing uh, end of March, a job breaker show. And then soon after we're playing those two, uh, those two uh, 
Denver shows. And, yeah, and whereas and before I was really not excited about doing that. And I was very excited about doing uh, Wazeway because we right right now I would be in Europe and that got canceled because of COVID and I was yes. really bummed. And we were trying to get you guys on Long Island. We were trying to get you guys at yeah, we were gonna do the, Yeah, we we're going to do some East Coast shows at the end of last year. Yeah. Um, and I'm just really excited about uh, I was just really excited about ways away and just like eh, about Sam I am. It'll just be some money and it'll be fun to get together. I'm getting more excited about it, like more into the idea. Uh, but yeah, it, like you asked me, I have to be honest. I can't lie. No, no, I love it. Listen, I, yeah. I this has been really like a lot of fun for me, man. Uh, one of my favorite songwriters. So thank you so much for the time to basically hang out with us. Uh, well, me, they, I usually have two co-hosts, but they're like, oh, you know, you do this one by yourself. Um, they, 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 uh, cause we talked about, well, we talk about movies. Like the last person we had on was the director of Waxworks. Remember those movies? Waxworks? Yeah. I'm not familiar with that. So, oh, he's, he's a really good horror director. So like, you know, we, we talk movies, music, and pop culture, but cool. I was like, I'm like, yo, I'm like, dude from Sam, I am. I'm like, I got this. Uh, yo, thank you. Yeah, Thank you no so problem. much for doing it. And uh, I will see you on Long Island when either one of your bands plays here. Nice. Yeah, we'll probably play together then. I believe so, for sure. I'm into yeah. it. All right. All right. All right. Bye, bud. Later, buddy. Chance.